Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And we're back, folks. Another Michigan football breakdown focused on the offense with Gorgeous Borges, or the key, as he calls himself. All right, so I, I caught you on the, uh, on the board the other day. Uh, sort of breaking down the bubble, which we'll we'll get to. He so you, he threw a bubble to the field to uh, to Roman Wilson, and and there was a blitz coming field side, and they were there was a split zone, so there was a run control on the split zone, right? And Devin thought he should have given it on the split zone, and you said, "Oh no, he's drunk. He's drunk." He, how, many, how many corrections am I going to have? <laughs> right, right. So, but what I didn't catch. And I gotta remember. I gotta remember next time to leave the camera on Al board just a little longer. So he goes, he does his thing on the board, and he said, you know, it's basic math, and you know, hey, yeah, it says you, you don't throw it. I just, you definitely go with the bubble. So he's done, and he says the key has spoken. <laughs> I didn't I shut the camera off before he said the key has spoken. So you don't see. I did. I tell you guys last week. You, you give him an inch, he takes a mile. You give him a penny, he takes a pound. You know. You give him a compliment, his head blows up like an air balloon. Oh, Al, remember, I love you, Al. You know I love you, man. Yeah, remember, Sam, that when you were a little kid and you got an A, you got 95%, you came home and waved it around in front of your mom, and she patted you on the back, and she says, God, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, but you still missed a few, right? But that's, you know, you got an A. That's pretty good. <laughs> the key doesn't miss any, okay? <laughs> you need the key. To figure out those four or five mistakes. Uh, well, let me just say this on, on Devin's behalf. Well, who said I say about Devin? Well, well, but let me just say this on Devin's behalf for a minute. He said there was that that wasn't the play where he's where you said he was drunk. There was another play where you guys disagreed. I know what it was because it was there was a blitz, and Blake goes to pick up the blitz and you saw J.J. sort of leave the pocket. We'll start off talking about J.J. So J.J. sort of leaves the pocket because, hey, man, he sees he sees a linebacker coming down the barrel, and you, I know you gave him a minus on it. I know, Absolutely. Him, I know you gave him a minus. I don't even have to see your notes to know you gave him a minus yeah, on it, right? That was a no-brainer. And, and Devin said, yeah. You've never seen it before. <laughs> see, I don't grade guys like what they never seen before. I coach them for what they he never okay. seen before. He said, until you – until you're in the arena for the first time and, and have that first time experience of a linebacker running full speed at you, you you don't you gotta let that guy have a minute to gain that trust that his man is gonna make that play. Now, JJ, 
he he has that trust. But you you got to expect that's not something that, that a coach can just tell a player and he goes and he goes to do it. That player has to experience it first, then he can go do it. That that's Devin's point. I got three grades I give the quarterback: zero if he did a good job, okay. Plus, if he does something over and above, maybe scrambles, makes a great play, or you know what I'm saying, or takes off on a run, and minus if he fails to do his job. All that stuff is great. It's a friggin' minus. <laughs> it's one of the few minuses on the day for, for right. Jason. I will Carney. say that. Yeah. yeah, it was an it was another Al. <laughs> you here's what you struggle with, and I want you to talk about this for for a minute because he's he's looked so good. I mean, how many balls have hit the ground? Four in three yeah. games, the right? Efficiency of the passing game's gone through the roof. I mean, there's so many, so few wasted plays. We talked about this a lot at the stadium that day. So few wasted plays, and and this is what when we get into the illustrations, I think this will be good to point out too. So even the bad plays, the plays I graded him down on, other than the the, the lack the, when he didn't pull the ball, end up good. <laughs> I mean, he, he on the play you're talking, he bailed out of the pocket, threw the ball for first down. I like that. <laughs> you know, I say you know that's that's I'm not I'm not pulling that completion back just because he he had bad footwork or you know he threw a sail route in you know that the guy had to dive to catch. Wasn't a very good pass, but I'm not pulling that 17, 18 yard game back just because it wasn't a perfect throw. But you, you know, you got to have a barometer that you're going by, and you can't cut guys slack just because. Oh, it's a completion. You know, that's the definition. A bad coach watches somebody do something wrong and says it's okay. That's that's a bad coach. Yeah. So I here's what fans and pundits alike probably struggle with. They just beat up. <laughs> on some terrible teams. Like if you're a really good team, you're supposed to beat up on a terrible team. Right. And let me go ahead and give you your credit. Cause I said, this is going to be the toughest. This would be a tougher team than Hawaii. And you're like, what were you talking about? <laughs> what, what were you talking about? This is the worst team that they've seen so far. Hey man, I couldn't account for, for all the injuries and how bad it would make them look. But what I need you to speak to Al is what part of what we've seen, from JJ specifically translates because they're part of the dominance is physical dominance. Mm -hmm. And that, that doesn't necessarily translate as much to better competition, but to me watching him process the field and go through his progressions, his decision-making, I feel like that'll translate. Am I off? It does. And I think the accuracy does too. Both those I think are the, the big now the biggest thing about it is the margin of error is less right we know that when we're playing teams that can close throws faster can get a little more rush you know uh as we're we're going to get into here in the next few weeks the margin of error is less but it shouldn't affect his decision making process or his accuracy once the ball snapped you know what I mean? He still should be hitting those passes. Now, if he can't finish throws, you know, and he, that's hard to control sometimes, you know, if the guy's up in his face making a throw or, 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 you know, something's going on that's hard to account for on his behalf, you know, that could affect instead of going, what was he, uh, 15 for 18, he may go, you know, 12 for 18. I don't know. But when the guy's open, he's hitting him, Sam. He's hitting him. And that means the plays aren't being wasted, and I can't see that making any be changing any in other games. Now, again, there'll be more pressure. He's got to prove he can come from behind in a close game. You know, so many th 
so many questions that are still out there. But in terms of what he's been asked to do for two games, he's done it and some, in my opinion. How do things change for you as a play caller? Because I, I, I said, so he throws the out to A.J. Henning. That's not a play we tell us it's an out, right? But it's an out to the field. It's an arm throw. And, and I said in the press box at the time, the whole field is open. Not, mm-hmm. not, my, my meaning was not the whole field is open, but, but he can go anywhere on the football field. And so I'm, I'm, it's not like they didn't call plays that had routes to the field. They obviously did. Uh, but odds are, uh, more times than not, they, the ball wasn't going to get there in, in the progression, right? Or the receiver, the, the, you know, maybe that receiver is going to be a decoy on some of those plays, right? I'm curious when you have a quarterback that opens up the, the field like that, I have a sense of what it does to to maybe a, a receiver over mm-hmm. there that wasn't accustomed to the ball coming there. He's going to mm-hmm. run hard every time now. But what does it do to you as a play caller when you have a, a trigger man like that? Well, width and depth, run and pass. Now, you just start by passing game, right? Yeah, I'm talking. I mean, well, I'm taking another step. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking another step. Now, from a passing game perspective, the flanks are all up. You know what I mean? Everything's up. We can throw the ball to the flank without uh, any reservation, knowing that there's a strong chance of a completion, and they are now forced to defend the width of the field, the depth of the field. Okay. We can make the downfield throws. Without reservation and knowing that there's a good chance of passing, it's going to be complete. The run game, no different because the quarterback poses a threat off his disconnects. Okay, whether they're bluff runs, zone reads, whatever. Uh, now they got to defend the width of the field with a run game, right? Add to that, Sam, the run control, which was prevalent in this football game. There were five run control throws. That were five for five. There were six run controls running the game, in you know when the game was still in balance. And I'm not talking about later when it was lopsided, and he handed one off. So now he's forcing the defense to defend the width of the field and the depth of the field with the passing game, because every area has been hit mm-hmm. with a completion, whether it's deep middle post, whether it's outside thirds, underneath flats, and every area has been attacked with a run game, middle off tackle. Outside with the running runners and with a quarterback. So, so, so I guess I guess let, let me be more specific with my question. All right, because I said it's not like they're they're calling a different place. You just now you know you can get there, you can get there. You know more places more often on the plays that you call. But I guess what I'm curious about is when you have a guy like that, does it change your economy of offense? Do you say okay, well hey there there's a, a portion of my playbook that we hardly ever get to. Right. But now you have a guy that can you can do everything. You can do everything in the run game. You can do everything in the pass game. Does that change your thought process with your economy of offense? Or is are you saying, no, I still got to keep it kind of, you know, kind of confined because, I mean, we're talking about college kids here and 20 hour rule and that kind of thing. How do you balance the two? Or is that is that the thought that even enters your mind? Oh, no, it, it always enters your mind. And, and as long as he can absorb what you're telling him, the empty the drawer can be emptied. I told you that before. You can do whatever you want with him uh, as long as everybody else can get it, too. It's not just him. 
but he is the straw, right? He's the straw that stirs a drink. So if he can do all the stuff, you've got an experienced group up there. I mean, the receivers know the routes, right? They know how to formation. They know how to – you can change your perimeter looks anytime you feel like it. You can, you know, run certain concepts and switch who's doing what so that it's different looking to the defense, yet it's no different to the quarterback. You're – I, I think it's bottomless at one point, you know, now he's still, I'm not, I wouldn't throw the whole thing at him. Yeah. You know, again, I, I studied the 49er offense. When I was young. And I remember talking to a guy named Bob McKittrick, who was a line coach for the 49ers. And he was telling me the first year that the 49ers, Bill Walsh was a coach for the 49ers. Bill Walsh tried to put in all the stuff he did at Stanford and they couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get it. Even for a pro team, it was too much. But the guys in the, where this becomes relevant is the guys at Stanford could. Because they had done it. They knew it. They could absorb it. The quarterback could make all the throws. You know what I mean? He could do all the stuff you're talking about doing. But when they took it at a level higher, couldn't quite do it. It wasn't quite – they weren't quite ready to do that. I'll give you another example, Sam. I've coached quarterbacks. The advantage in college football is – you, if you don't want to make it tough for the quarterback to make throws, you can throw a lot of passes into the boundary, right, so they're short. Or you can sprint and move the pocket to the field because the hash marks are so wide, right? Well, in pro ball, that's hard to do because the hash marks are only six yards apart. Mm. So there's ways you have to compensate. But that's a long-winded answer to the fact that, to me, you can empty the drawer. You can do what you want to do as long as he can figure it out. Yeah, that's that's where where the coach – you got to – coaches don't think like fans. I can do everything. Coach is like, all right, that was just his third game. Like, okay, so, you know, we got to make sure that he could do it. We got to make sure he could do everything within the current economy of offense. Right. Before we, before we start talking about adding uh, more stuff, but he, his talent makes it. It, it allows I, it all, right? Yeah. It allows man. it all. Yeah. Yeah. It makes, it certainly yeah. makes you think, wow, we could do this and we could do that. Mm-hmm. You got to slow your roll a little bit. And you got to be, yeah, you got to be careful a little bit. Cause you know, I, I said offense is like a candy store. There's all kinds of good candy in the store, but if you eat too much, you get sick. Mm-hmm. So you got to be discretionary as to how much you're going to do, yet you still want to do a lot if you got a guy who can. Right, right. All right, so let's let's get into the, the bitter and the sweet, Al, from, from this game. Uh, I like to, to start with the bitter and work our way up to the sweet. Uh, there just hasn't been much bitter in these. No, I mean, with this has been three weeks of a short conversation. We're not – we're not biting anything too sour. You know, it's all pretty sweet. But um, the only thing, and we're going to get in the grade, so I'm not going to get I know you like to do that as a separate deal, but uh, I would have liked to have seen the line play a little better. Uh, they, they're not, and again, it's <laughs> they were bad. Yeah, they, they were bad. But I think they could play better than they played in this game. And and uh, that was one thing I thought could have been a little bit better. Uh, but other than that, I mean, what are you going to complain about? They didn't have a turnover again. I mean, no turnovers, right? They rushed for 192, and they they passed for 273. Uh, they only had to play, I don't know what, a little over three quarters, a little over two quarters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 26 first downs. Anytime you get more than 25 first downs, that's a hell of a game. And I don't care what you're playing, okay? They were nine for 13 on third down. I mean, I mean, I could nitpick a million things, and I did during the game. But if I told you, you you're talking overall broad brush play, it wasn't much bitter. It really wasn't. It was a, a pretty well played game, and it and they took care of business. 
from a line perspective, you were already going to be breaking in a new piece, right? In, in Trinidad right. Jones, who I want to focus on a little bit here, who physically might be the most talented guy up front. I mean, he is an outstanding athlete, and I think his connection with Sharon uh, has has brought a level out of him uh, that maybe his prior line coach didn't think was there. Uh, and so I, I definitely credit his his bond with Sharon for 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 doing that. But there's no substitute for experience, Al, and and the need for it was exacerbated by injury. You still haven't mm-hmm. seen the starting five together yet. First no, game, Ryan Hayes, yeah. right then, uh, you know Carson Barnhart goes out. So when Trevor Keegan uh, gets a little banged up, you wind up with Giovanni Ohati mm-hmm. uh, in the mix. And so I, I think you can explain. Some of the some of the leakage, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, with with inexperience, right? That's and that's where I think this game, these games, for as cupcakeish as they were, that those are the guys that really benefited the most because we did see some mistakes, mostly from mm-hmm. the. I mean, the older guys made some too, but more so from the young guys making mistakes yeah. uh, up front. Uh, you look at them uh, from uh, from an overall perspective. And the first thing I look at is what is their experience, right? We've talked about that. Trent is really the only guy that hasn't played significantly. Uh, so there's going to be some growing pains there. That, that's a given. We've talked quite a bit about that. But just as important, Sam, and this is so important as you get into the games where you have matchup opponents, what I call matchup opponents, the Michigan States, the Ohio States, the, and not, not to – I mean, with all due respect to Maryland, I think Maryland's is, could be a match on defense. They're going to be a matchup opponent. But uh, athleticism. Where is Michigan now as opposed to a year ago athletically? Because once the, the, the uh, experience takes, which it's beginning to do, that's going to be the difference in games. Okay? Can we make those blocks? Can we finish those blocks? Can we get to those blocks? Okay. And you go across the board with those five. You've got Hayes, who's an athletic kid, mm-hmm. left tackle, moves his feet well, pretty darn solid, has a moment or two here and there, but pretty good player. Okay. You got Zenter, who you tell me from a weight room standpoint, and it shows up. Yeah. Oh, sometimes he doesn't play with as good a balance as he should. He's a very good athlete. And extremely strong. Oluwatini, who is a step up athletically from the starters, experienced still, not again, not here, but he's played a lot, but moves very gracefully, uh, particularly on perimeter movements, you know, where he's got to move on the, uh, the pin poles, the horn plays, and all those. Keegan, big, strong, strapping kid, can move, you know. And then Trente, who I think overall might be the most athletic of all five of them. Uh, if not, he's in the mix, that's for sure, is an upgrade from where they've been. So you take the five from this year to last year, and everybody thought they had a pretty good offense. Like this, t- this five is potentially quite a bit better. Uh-huh. It's just a matter of weaning the inexperienced guys and having them ready to play the big games, which I think they're kind of doing now. Yeah, when you if you watch the tape close, and you'll see breakdowns in place, they aren't guys just getting beat physically and you wouldn't expect that in these games although you know UConn they they actually that's the place where they were most respectable I thought was up front defensively 
Yeah, defensive line wasn't too bad. I'm going to tell you, too, you can laugh if you want, but I went and watched the Hawaii game again. They had a couple defensive linemen that had some quickness, a little better than they probably got credit for them, but they were not a good defensive team by any stretch. Yeah. But yeah. there was a couple of kids up there that tested you, your athleticism. So, But I think UConn in that area probably, you know, and you, I'm saying the offensive line didn't play quite as well. Maybe that's why is they yeah. played with well, well, but see, here, here's the thing. As as I went over the film with you and and the offensive film with you and Devin, I mean, they it's not like guys were getting beaten physically. You no. you had mistargeting. I mean, they you know just targeting the wrong guy, stepping with the wrong foot. It was more technique issues and mm-hmm. and target ID issues. That, yeah, I had very you know, few MAs. I had very few MAs. Most of it were was footwork technique issues, you know, uh-huh. or, or a, uh, a late look at a blitz. Didn't quite position yourself. Saw it, but didn't see it respond quickly enough, and the guy went by. But in terms of not knowing who to block, I didn't see a lot of it. Yeah, so that's where that's where time on task is is really going to help them. And reps these games. As as much as as galling as they were for fans because they were uh, Cupcake City, I think they were functional. They were functional for helping you find QB1, and they were certainly functional for getting experience for your offensive line and, and building depth. I mean, Carson Barnhart was back up for four, for four of the positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when, this, when the dust settles on this, I think they'll feel better about their offensive line depth once, uh, once, car- once the offensive line contingent is fully back. Um, the sweet Al, the sweet. There was a lot of sweet in this game. Oh, a lot of sweet. Yeah, they took first time they took care of business. Okay, and uh, they didn't slop around. Like I said, there weren't any fumbles and missed assignments, which sometimes focus in a game that's hard to get motivated for can can wane a little bit. And um, you know, everybody's telling you how good you are right now, and you a lot of noise out there, and it's getting worse and worse. So these kinds of games can get sloppy if you allow them to, but. Well, I'm really so far anyway. I think uh, they've done a good job of of maintaining their standard of play, and by that I mean not worrying about the, the fact that they may be playing a lesser opponent. Worry about what your standard of play is. If your standard of play is high, if your bar is high, and that's what you're focused on, you'll play well against no matter who they put out there, right? So I think that's been uh, good. This another sweet thing is. Uh, there must have been some world record for how many kids, kids they got to play in this game. I mean, <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. I, I, how many quarterbacks did they play before it was over? Oh, man. I couldn't keep up. That's they put quarterbacks in there that didn't have – that had like 20 numbers. I, I didn't I didn't know. Uh, yeah, at one point, the guy in the press box, I don't know if you were still in there at the time, he said, Tommy Maddox on the field. It's like, there was a Tommy Maddox. That's not him. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I couldn't keep up. Yeah, that's you talk about sweet. That is really sweet because mom and dad get to watch you play, you know, and, and that's a, that's pretty sweet. I'm telling you, for some of those guys, that's pretty sweet. Uh, but that was good. I think the overall uh, execution was 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 not too bad. Um, again, you're getting you're getting clean handoffs. You know, you're getting you're getting good ball security. You're not getting a lot of drop passes. You know, again, knock on wood. We all know, you know that. Um, so, uh, rushing the uh, quorum had 71 yards, but had five touchdowns. Uh-huh. I mean, you don't score five touchdowns very dug on often. And if he stays in the game, he gets 150 yards, you know, he didn't, you know, play the whole game. So it's, it, it's not a big deal. JJ had 214 yards rushing 15 for 18, 
15 for eight. I'll take that every. What is his completion percentage? Like 9,000? I, I mean, think it's, it's like 88%. I mean, he's 88 had four. He's he's had, 88%. Yeah. Yeah, he had uh, three incompletions in this game and one incompletion in the last game. He was yeah. Four, he was four yeah. for four in the first game. So. Yeah. And again, that'll, that'll get harder. I know, but say what you want. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Okay. Uh, 5.9 average for, for Blake, who only had 12 carries, but looks to me like Blake. I think he's right on right on schedule i mean but there's so many things to get excited about you know um uh, so i think uh, 465 total yards in the game uh which is a very good total i mean it's not 500 they have, didn't have quite as many big plays as they've had and that's why that yardage total wasn't through the ceiling but there was still a lot of nice plays mm -hmm. so uh the suite was sweet the receivers were solid everybody everybody for the most part did what they were supposed to do and took care of business and that's all you can ask them in a game where you're favored by what 40 something odd points no doubt no doubt all right so that takes us to the portion of of this uh this particular episode where we get into the grades for each position group so Mm -hmm. Al, let's uh, let's start at the receiver position because we haven't talked a lot about them, and then work our way in. What what grade did you give the receivers in this game? I I didn't have a drop in the game. Did you? Do you did you see a drop? I Maybe drop. I missed some. Uh, routes were pretty crisp. Uh, there was coverage. I think once, twice that I saw. I, again, I'm talking about when the game was still in. You know, not not when it, at the end when uh, I graded basically. I think 46 plays, okay. Uh, they had coverage on a plus 10 play. They had good coverage on a third down, uh, on a third down play. But other than that, but I don't think it was receiver issues. Uh, uh, they they were an A. I mean, I can't – I didn't see anything, and it busted their tail. I mean, if you, wanted to if you wanted to nitpick, it would be it would be the zero blitz that J.J., he retreats and he throws it up to, up to Ronnie, and Ronnie got one hand on it, I'm sure – I think he just mistimed his jump. I think that's why yeah. he one hand. Yeah, I mean he. I mean that was gonna that brought the people out of their seats. Oh, it would have. It would have. It, it did anyway. So I didn't. I didn't grade him down. Yeah, I, I would not. I wouldn't either. I no, wouldn't. Either. I, 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 I'm saying you got to nitpick these guys in order. Yeah, to grade I mean, them uh, I don't even nitpick that much, but I'm bad. But um, uh, they were, they were good, and it's a strength, and it just continues to be a strength, and it's going to have to continue to be a strength if they're going to be with they're going. If this kid's wow. going to throw like this. I tell you uh, what, and this might have been this might have been that game that gets Ronnie on track. He led the team in targets. He led the team in receptions. He led the mm -hmm. team in yards. So a few more balls every game, right? Yeah, yeah. He's showing he's you know, and something I pointed out to you is he's no longer playing that slot receiver as a solid. He's in the slot sometimes, but uh, that's not his his home position. His home position is the Z receiver, the flanker, on the strong side of the formation toward the tight end, and. Uh, it's given him a chance to get more balls caught down the field. You know, Ronnie was doing a lot of slanting and dirty work inside before, uh, other than the internal fades he would run once. So, but now, you, the, the, you know, everything's everything's open to him. I thought it was a good move. And to move Roman more into that position, I think, was smart. So, Gotcha. All right. Move inside to the tight end position. Again, I I, th I thought the tight ends were, were really, really good. I mean, I don't uh, – I gave them, I think, an A-. minus. There's a couple of things I nitpick, but um, they're for what Harbaugh likes to do. They're doing just what he likes to do, and they're you know something about them, Sam. They're different than a lot of the teams. 
They use tight ends. They throw to tight ends. They move tight ends around. They motion tight ends. Uh, it's they, that gives them their little their little niche in the in the league, you know. And and if you got guys that can do it, which they look like they do, and they got a lot of them. They got a lot of them. They got a lot of them, and they use them. They get to play. I mean, uh, it is tight in heaven, you know. Uh, but they nobody so far. The blocking has been very solid. Now you remember us last year at this time. We were we were and I wasn't saying that. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't just one guy. It was a couple guys, and and uh, maybe the opponents were. I don't know. I'm just going by the results when the ball was snapped. But this year they're tight. They're they're, they're very tight with their technique. Uh, they're gen- generally canceling their target when they're as, asked to block, and they're catching balls when they should be go- when they when they when they're thrown to them. You know everything they should be catching. They're catching so. I graded them good, and, and, and I did the same with the running backs. I think the running backs, you know, minus Donovan, uh, I didn't see much drop-off. Blake was 5'9", a carry, about six yards every time he touched the ball. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, and they're willing to pick the blitz up, and there's some good examples of that when we get to the telestration. That's yeah. big now. If that quarterback, and, and, and what Devin said or is, is I, I give him a little crap, but he's right what he's saying. Is you have to when you get in that pocket and they bring an internal blitz, and you know the responsibility of that linebacker is the running backs. There is a trust factor. He's he's right about that. Uh, and they're building trust, in my opinion. They are building the guys that are responsible for that are building that trust. And uh I used to tell quarterbacks and I told Devin, I everybody ever coached, sometimes you got to stand in there when there's guys barreling down with no evidence to believe that you should <laughs> because you've been hit so many times, but you know, that's, that's, but they're building the trust to, so that there is evidence. And, and I, I boy, every time I see a, a back in a, a blitz pickup situation, I watch closely, but they just have many, many guys run over or, or swung and missed or, you know, a token effort. Right. Much of that at all. Right. You know, the interesting thing, this was, Maryland was Donovan's coming out party last year. We had a 77-yard touchdown reception in that game, and that sort of announced his arrival as a as a real weapon, a uh, mm-hmm. real game plan guy. Like we're they're going game plan uh, stuff for for Donovan from that point forward. So, uh, be interesting to see if if he can be back for this game. Uh, Jim made it sound like he was he was close. If in the event that he can't, I mean C.J. Stokes, C.J. Stokes has been. Uh, a real pleasant surprise, maybe, maybe not for, uh, maybe not for the coaches, but just, just for his readiness. I mean, physically, he's he's ready to go as a true freshman. But I think what would surprise people, like you talk to folks on the inside, and you know they they do the the mile per hour, they they kind of, you know, it's the forty time and the miles per hour. He was number one. Yeah, I know he was number one in miles per hour over Donovan and Blake. So it's like, wow. He might he might yeah. be faster than those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's and at that size, boy, if he gets their hands, yeah, just like them, uh, which yeah. you, you probably would give them the edge right now. That'd be something to be on the lookout for. Yeah, yeah, and he I didn't know much about him, you know, uh, coming in, but uh, it's been a nice surprise. Uh, but their their backs are are good players, uh, and I and I you know I'm not sure from a national perspective or even conference perspective. That Blake Corum gets the credit that he deserves. You don't, you know. And I watch a lot of national stuff. And I hear, hear a lot of assessments of the conference. I don't see hear, hear him spoke of 
it's one of the better backs in the in the conference. And I've seen them all now, and he should be. He should be. I mean, when he touches the ball, he's electric. Okay, and when he has room, he's dangerous. But I don't see, I don't hear uh, a lot of that from the, the pundits. You know, and, and maybe I've become a little biased, and I see him a lot. But I've seen Ohio State's back. I, he's a, he's a good player, but. I think with the same opportunities, Blake Gorham could do the same things, and, and maybe even more at times. So, and so, what grade did you give them? I'll give the good. The backs were were an A. I, I'm just looking at my grade sheet now, and I don't, uh, I don't see any errors. Yeah, we, no, we talked a lot about we talked a lot about JJ already. I know you gave JJ an A. <laughs> yeah, see, I gave I gave him an A minus. I can't quite go to an A yet, but he's. 15 for 18. Come on, Al, right? That's what I could hear Devin. Yeah. 15 for 18, yes. Well, he still has some flaws. He's not perfect. Uh, uh, but he is pretty damn good. And I'll I'll take him. I would not uh, I would not refuse his services. Uh, but he did. He's 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 doing what they need him to do to win. And then we're gonna see how that translates to the bigger games, but I think it's going to. I would be very surprised if it did. Not that there won't be bumps, because there will be. But Right, right. Uh, so uh, what about the offensive line? What grades you give them? Offensive line is the only one I graded them a B-. And I gave them a B-, Sam. I had some I had some errors, but I was more disappointed that they didn't take the next step. And we talked about some of the reasons why, and those are legitimate. I, I wouldn't say that. But uh, I don't go by that. I go by productivity, period. And, and I think uh, they were good. They were, were not bad. Because if they were bad, I'd grade them bad. But they were—they did a nice job. But they still had a few things that I think they need to still shore up, technique-wise, uh, more technique-wise than anything. I, like I said, I think the targets, other than a play or two, I think there was a dual play where there was a mix-up in assignments on the left side. But that aside, I, don't, I didn't see a lot of errors on who to block. But uh, I, I wanted to see them a little more dominant in the running game, and although it wasn't terrible, yeah, but. Uh, I gave them a B minus only because I didn't think they improved like they could have. So, and it, a lot of it may have been UConn just a little better up front. I don't know. But. Okay. Well, uh, interesting quarterback situation now, Al, is, uh, you know, Kate went in. He, he took a couple hits right away in the last one. He took, he got hurt on. And so he's going to be mm -hmm. out for a few weeks, which begs the question who's the backup Ooh. on this team? I think experience would say, and you know how so you gotta take me in, in the mind of the coach, right? So you got a kid in Alan Bowman or a young man in Alan Bowman who started games at Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. Like he, he was a young upstart, and they thought he's gonna be injury sort of set him back and uh down there coaching change, and you know how things go, how things happen. But he has he has power five experience. Mm -hmm. Davis Warren, at least to me, my novice eye over these couple of games has been the more effective guy. So how do you split the baby there, Al? You got one guy who's actually done it and another guy who in, in mop-up duty has looked better. What what would you lean towards? I, I hate to say this, but I feel a little uninformed. If I could see them every day at practice, see how they you know interact with the team, watch them throw a little bit under pressure, I could answer that question a lot easier. The little I've seen of Davis Warren, goodness gracious. I mean, he's, he's looks pretty good. Now he's in there mop up time. Right. And, uh, the will of the defense not be, may not be as great as the will of the offense at that time. So, but what he's doing still translates to success and you can't, can't ignore that. I kind of like him. What I've seen, I, I kind of like him. Uh, but I need more data. 
you're right about Bowman. Bowman, I'm saying, wait, I haven't seen him either, but he has played. So the lean is always going to be towards the experienced guy when, if he has to go into a big game. You know, when's the backup going to the game? It's the middle of the third quarter against Ohio State, and it's tied, and all of a sudden your starting quarterback goes down, and now, you know, <laughs> who are you going to put in there? You know, that's 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 a nut-cutting call right there now. So uh, uh, I would always lean towards a more experienced guy. But if the, if a guy in practice showed me he was more capable, on a consistent basis, and they're seeing more than I see them. You know, uh-huh. I would, I would probably, you know, if it was, if, if it was obvious he was more capable, I'd probably buy him. You know, yeah. I, and both, both guys will have some of the pressure off of them because Alex Orgy, or Orgy, that that kid mm-hmm. will play. He'll be a compliment to whoever the backup wound up being uh, because right. of the running threat, the running element that he brings to the equation. So hopefully, he's kind, you know, of, a, he's kind of a package. Right? Kind of a package quarterback, right, you know. Right, yeah. right. Hopefully, yeah. it doesn't come to that, right? Yeah. You know, knock, knock on wood. But this is, this was a, a game. I mean, if you look at Maryland against SMU last week, they gave up 91 snaps out. 91 snaps for 520 yards. Uh, this was, to me, it was Cade's best game. Wasn't his biggest yardage game. That was Michigan State, but everyone throws for big yards on Michigan State, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he threw 383 versus Michigan State. He had 275, I think, versus Maryland. I looked at the stats uh, this morning. Maybe it was it, – it, it was it, no, he was 75%. He threw for 259 yards, but it was 70, 70, uh, 75%. It was his most efficient day, and he and then he threw for almost 260 yards, had a couple touchdown passes in there. I just mm-hmm. thought he – it was the game where he felt it seemed like he was the most in his element. And so uh, this is a team you can get, you can get really, really, you, you can build, you can get, put, put some stats up on this squad. And I expect, I expect JJ to do that. Yeah. If they play like they've been playing, they take care of him. I, I think um, there will be no issues on the offensive side of the ball. It will be a step up though. It will be. I, I, I don't know how big <laughs> it may be little more than you want, but still doable. And it may be more the same offensively. I'm talking about it. the mm-hmm. defense. Defense is going to get tested a lot more than the offense is from that perspective on paper anyway. Yeah. But uh, I still don't see this offense. I don't, in my mind, don't see Maryland uh, throwing down a gauntlet on uh, the Michigan offense. Not, right. for any, not for any length of time. Now they may have their moments, but I think uh, at the end of the day, Wolverine's got too much for these guys on offense. Uh, so they're going to need some breaks to beat them, which can happen, you know, and and then their offense could have to get hot and I guess can happen too. But this is uh, this offense right now is on schedule. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, we need to stay on schedule too. That means we need to uh, divert your attention to our film study portion, which is a separate video, right? Uh, we separated those so we can stay legal. All right. So uh, we're going to do that. But I want to remind you, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. That's Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video. Be sure to subscribe to the channel so you can uh, get the notification whenever we add new content to the channel. And of course, as I always say, if you really want the 24-7 dish then you need to follow us over on the michiganinsider.com. That's where it goes down all the time. 
the VIP message boards, the VIP articles, the VIP access to all of the other uh, team sites on the network, which are outstanding uh, as well. So, uh, and then of course, as I say, a dollar gets you in your first month. And then once you become a full subscriber, you get Paramount Plus on top of it. So excellent value, excellent bang for your buck when you join us over on the MichiganInsider.com. But that'll do it for us on the Michigan Football Breakdown focused on the offense. Don't forget, check us out on the Michigan Football Film Study focused on the offense with Al Borges as well. Thanks. We'll see you next time here on the Michigan Football Breakdown. Go Blue. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.